0: Welcome to episode six of the Marketing with Haley podcast. Today, I'm chatting with design dynamo, Danny Hunt, who is the founder and creative director of Neverland Studio, a design agency for inspired brands. And Danny is also the creator of the Brand Bazaar, which is a branding marketplace for entrepreneurs. Danny's design aesthetic is very sleek, energetic, and electric, and I absolutely love it. She combines a lot of handcrafted elements and digital design, which is very unique and creates a beautiful visual experience for her fans. And oh my word, seriously, if you haven't been on her Instagram account yet, you're in for a treat, and I recommend you hot foot it over there right away. Danny and I talk about how she got started as a graphic design entrepreneur how she got her first few clients and turned that into consistent business and of course as we're all about marketing here I couldn't resist asking her about the imperative role of visual branding in business success and there's some very juicy stuff in here guys. So this episode is perfect for you if you're an emerging creative or someone who wants to learn valuable tips and information on how to bring your own business to life through a purposeful and intentional visual brand identity. I'm so excited to dive in today's episode and share with you all of the wisdom that Danny has to share because there is a lot of it. So enjoy. Welcome to the Marketing with Haley podcast, where you can learn marketing, branding, and business tips to help you get your first clients and bring your creative business to life. Your host for today's show is business mentor, teacher, photographer, and HUGA enthusiast, Haley Richardson. Are you ready? Let's go! Hey everyone, it's Hayley. Today I'm chatting with a creative design genius and all-round awesome human being. We worked together on two projects back in 2014 where I was lucky enough to get a taste for not only how far her talents stretch, but how personable she is too. Looking at Danny's work is like being drawn into another world brimming with inspiration, and I am so excited to chat with Danny Hunt today about how she started not one, but two design businesses over the past few years. So, welcome
1: to the podcast, Danny. Thank you so much, Hayley. What an amazing intro. Wow. Well
0: deserved. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick off real cash, Danny. How about you start by telling us your story and what inspired you to become a designer and how that led to first starting Neverland Studio?
1: Um, well, I suppose, like most creative folks, I have always. Felt like a creative right from when I was a kid, and you know, my mum was always um, encouraging that creativity through setting up kilns and, and lots of art activities around the house. And as I um, went through school and high school, I came to realize that I also had this really analytical side of my brain where I loved um, you know straight lines and order and uh, and, and great messaging. Um, so I guess I, I thought at first actually that would that might be lead to a career in architecture, but it turns out that graphic design was what stole my heart. So I actually did a bachelor degree in communication design um, up in Queensland, Australia. And um, from there, yeah, was lucky enough to just love everything about the industry and, um, and find a satisfying career in it. So I guess straight out of, um, university i had a job in a design agency which i did enjoy but the the clients were a little bit corporate and i felt like it wasn't really really my style so i just learned a trick or two and moved on to the next job which was in the entertainment and music industry and there i found myself designing um, music posters for international dance acts and um, festival artwork and things like that Um, and from there, it sort of after some overseas travels, um, I really kicked into making Neverland my um, full-time focus, which is my the, the first design business I started.
0: Wow, what a cool and colourful start you had! So you started Neverland Studio after a holiday overseas, was it?
1: Yeah, I did. Okay. And
0: what was like, what was the inspiration for that? Were were you kind of at a stage where you were like, okay, I'm done with corporate. I want to do my own thing. Or did you have some freelance projects going on the side that kind of led into starting your own business? Like how did that, how did that come about and where did your first few clients come from?
1: Well, I guess what I should have said, actually, rather than I started after a holiday, was I started it after a, a bit of an adventure overseas, because it was a bit of, it was two years of travels. Um, we were based out of Amsterdam, and through that time, we traveled through Europe and North Africa and Asia, and and just really, um, I suppose it really nurtured this love of, of life in me, and um, I started to realize that, you know, I, I get to, ch- I really need to focus on on where I want to be dedicating my time and how I want to live my life and that there were choices to be made. And I suppose that's initially what drew me to towards self-employment and starting my own business. Um, in addition to that sort of love of life and wanting to draw more out of it and, and, and be my own boss, I also just loved the idea of um, working um, with clients for whom I could you know, really put to use my design style, my, my personal design aesthetic, rather than going to work in a big agency where I may or may not have to work on corporate projects, um, which my style really didn't align with and things like that. Mm. And I suppose also I just always had this curiosity about the world of business and entrepreneurship and, and wanted to dive into that as well. So it was those three things that really, really grabbed me and, and made me want to start my business full-time and I say full-time because before that I was sort of taking on freelance clients here and there as a lot of creative Mm. folks do I think in the early days but Mm. when I got back from overseas and was looking to do um to work full-time again I really decided it was time to give it a go and make it my full-time focus um and the other question I think you asked was how did I get my first few clients Mm, yeah and um I guess the the answer to that is that my my big sister um, was actually probably my very first client. Um, it just so happened that she um, well she's a very successful entrepreneur these days in the health and fitness space, and she um, just so happened that she started her very first business at the same time I was starting my business, and she needed a logo, of course, and her brand identity designed, and um, I took that on. And uh, I was really lucky that um, she went on to build that business um, very successfully uh, and at the same time sort of lifted my profile and and also that filled my work with my first, uh, filled my folio with the first paid gig. So um, yeah, that was, that, she was probably my first client um, and from there it just sort of spread to other family and friends and, and cruelly, uh and gradually extended the network.
0: Amazing. That's such a cool story. So Big Sister was your first client and it kind of just happened what by word of mouth after there. Is that right?
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, she was, you know, um, building her profile and people were asking her, where did you get your branding done? And, yeah. and she was recommending me on to them. Um, and at the same time, I was, you know, putting myself out there as well and beginning to promote my business and had mm. um, her brand in my portfolio as well as, you know, other work that I'd done for other clients and, and in other paid you know full-time positions mm-hmm. um, so I think it really just went from there and, and referral has always been a really big part of um, of how I build my business and, and where my clients come from so and that was really certainly true in the early days in fact of the funny story is that I, I I mean as you said before you can sense that music influence in my work in mm-hmm. uh, um, in the creative style and mm-hmm. I always thought I would grow my business in this direction mm-hmm. um, but it, as it so happens, my business has really built in the health and wellness space. Um, I also work for a broad range of other clients outside of that space, but a large chunk of my clients um, do work in, in that industry. Um, and that's what makes me think that it must be connected to my first client that was my sister just because she's in that industry as well.
0: Right. Okay. So it's kind of trickled on like one client leads to another, which leads to another. And it's kind of yeah. like developed your own, your own niche from there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that must be how it happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's funny, a lot of the um, people that I've spoken to so far in the interviews for this podcast have also mentioned that word of mouth has actually been a really big part of their businesses too. Um, And, you know, I have a theory and I mean, I guess it's not really a theory. It's probably just true that, you know, word of mouth, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen. Like I think you still, You know, people can kind of just say, oh, you know, I was really lucky it was word of mouth, but. I think for word of mouth to really take effect, you really do still have to provide a really great service to people. So you're obviously doing something really really right with the clients that you do have. Do you have any thoughts on like the experience that you design for your clients? Is there anything really intentional about it and how to, how you make it an amazing experience that you feel helps people, you know, talk about your work to other people and recommend you? <sighs>
1: Oh, well, I think you're absolutely right, Hayley. Like, you you know, there is the power of a referral is, I mean, a referral is so powerful. It's all these modern businesses that are built purely on referrals, really, you know, like Uber and Airbnb and all of that. And it's such a big part of, you know, building trust in a, in a um service provider. But there does, of course, have to be that that great service um, to get you there, um, mm. to make people want to put you forward because they're putting their name on the line in doing so. Mm. Um, I think myself, I've always been really conscious of the moody designer stereotype that circulates yeah. Um, yeah. out there. <laughs> Maybe it's a moody creative stereotype, but people people do think that creatives are quite sensitive and we can't take um, constructive feedback and those sorts of things. So I've just always been quite quite cautious, um, to maintain a sunny disposition in dealing with clients, um, to deal with them in a way that is friendly, um, and, you know, relatable, um, to try and see things from their perspective, to try and, um, just really nurture the relationship both on a personal level and on a professional level. And I think really, um, just, just focus on delivering really polished, a really polished outcome, um, always making sure that everything is, is perfectly finished and not just, um, you know, half done.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's funny, actually, um, hearing you say that, I can 100% attest to you (laughs) being a really, really sunny um, person to deal with. And it was something that actually really, really stood out to me when we first worked together back in 2014. I just remember being blown away by how friendly you were over email, um, and just you know how chatty and conversational you were and I, I really like yeah it took me it took me aback I wasn't expecting it but it was so nice to oh, you know, just have a <laughs> yeah, little ray of sunshine on the <laughs> other side of the inbox so yeah that's, I can see how that would definitely you know play a really big part and and on the other hand I can also attest to the fact that your work is completely polished and finished so Yeah, it makes sense. Two really big elements, I guess, just having a really nice experience for people along the way and and being someone who's relatable and, um, you know, taking care of your clients and then also making sure that the work that you deliver to your clients is of the highest standard that you can deliver.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's, – Yeah, super important and something that I try and, you know, I take a lot of pride in and, try and just really try and focus on. I mean, it's I really back in the early days of my business, um, when I first set up, I invested quite a lot in print marketing. Um, I mean, it was 2011, so we weren't as used to promoting ourselves by the internet and social media back then. It was definitely in play, though. Um, but I, I gave print marketing a shot and um, it just didn't work for me at all. And I was surprised by how effective um, referrals were. Uh, You know, in contrast to that, and all you had to do is really focus on doing a good job, which you know I wanted to do anyway, and um, and try and be personable along the way. So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm amazed by how powerful it is, and I think it's worth the extra time you put into nurturing those relationships and returning with a smile.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's it's interesting that you mentioned also that you tried print marketing, so. What like what specifically did you try when you were doing print marketing and what what was it about that that you kind of felt didn't work?
1: Well, I guess what I what I tried was putting together a really engaging um, package of my work, uh, mm. so a, a sort of fol- folio of sorts, but in a more engaging modern way. Um, there was a, a folder and all sorts of different flyers and um, and a letter that went in with it, and it was all packaged beautifully and and sent in the post to um, various people who. I've wanted to work with um, or had worked with before and wanted to sort of pick up the pace on now that I was doing, um, you know, committing to my business full time. Mm. I guess the first thing that stood out to me was there's no real way to know if it got to them without following up, which just starts to feel a bit weird then. It's like giving someone a gift and then asking them, if they've opened it it? you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah. it's a little bit weird so um first of all like that thing and 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 the second thing is there's then this sort of unspoken awkwardness about okay what's happening from here like you've obviously sort of pitched your business and and I don't know if I need to respond or just say thank you it's just felt a bit awkward to me and not naturally how I would build a relationship or or deal with someone so I Mm. guess the the brilliant Uh, the brilliance of putting it online is that whoever wants to engage with it can really pick it up and engage with it. And um, from there, you know, connect when the time is right with no awkwardness in between.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's kind of like a – it's, I guess, really the difference between like what they call push and pull marketing. So like, you know, putting your work out online is kind of like pull marketing because it's there and the right people – you know, come to you, they're attracted to you. Whereas push marketing is, you know, where you put put your work out there more actively and specifically, you know, contact people and um, try and actively build those relationships.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: So I'm, I'm really curious, obviously, like, you know, being a designer, visuals are the crux of your work. Um, and I feel like in a way that's – it's really awesome because your work probably – sells itself a lot um, because it's so amazing and, and, you know, people can see right in front of them what kind of work you deliver. So Instagram is obviously a very visual platform and it makes sense for you to be there. I'm really curious to know like what kind of a role that has played in your business, whether it's, you know, attracted clients for you or if it's kind of just a way that you stay in touch with people, like how, what kind of a role does that play in the the business of Neverland Studio?
1: Yeah, I, I love Instagram. It's such an effective tool for me and it's actually the only other um, way that I that clients find me, I was going to say it's the only other way that I market myself other than referrals. But in my head, I'm thinking is, is, is referrals really a marketing strategy for me? (laughs) Um, Perhaps it is given what we discussed before about making sure that, you know, those those referrals are being passed on. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I have a question on my introductory client questionnaire, um, which I ask people to fill out if they'd like to um, work together, mm-hmm. that, um, that basically says, how what led you to Neverland? How did you find me? And I find that it's 50% referral and 50% Instagram, uh, and that has grown more and more over time. Um, so it's really interesting to me just how powerful it is as a um, marketing tool, I suppose. Um, on top of that, I really enjoy it. You know, it's a visual platform. I speak a visual language, and I, I really enjoy um, creating, engaging graphics for that platform. But it is also, yeah, super effective for me in terms of finding clients and also in terms of expanding my client base internationally. Um, I found once I started to um, put my work out there on Instagram, it really led me to connect with a lot more international clients than beforehand.
0: Amazing. That's really cool. And I suppose you probably also build relationships within the industry too on Instagram. Like it's a great place to, to meet people who are you know, like-minded and do similar things to you, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. yeah I, de- I definitely find that it's great to meet clients and also to meet um, others you know peers I suppose in the industry and just to just to put yourself out there and, and stay in the in the click. Yeah,
0: stay in the game yeah. Um, yeah It's funny, I think I actually found you through Instagram as well, but I think it was actually it was through your client Cassie. Mendoza Jones. Ah, yeah,
1: yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah,
0: and back in the day when she was launching one of her um, first e-courses, I remember coming across the design and just thinking – Oh my gosh, this is amazing! I need to find out who designed it. So I think I did some stalking from there um, and, and found. Oh, that's I love how the stalk. I found you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well yeah. done. That was a successful stalk.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely.
1: This <laughs> um, a beautiful client of mine. She's got great, um, great creative vision, um, great ideas, and and we've been working together for a very long time. So it's a very fluid relationship that we have now. Um, she was probably one of my first clients when I first started Neverland actually, or first long-term clients. So I've really enjoyed working with her over the years.
0: That's amazing. And yeah, you can tell that you guys have a really beautiful relationship and like your work together just really is is something special. I'm really curious to know, like back in the beginning of your business, obviously referrals were a really big part of, um, you know, how you were getting clients, which might have started with your sister initially. Um, You've also mentioned that Instagram is a way that you've got clients along the way and it's built over time. Was there anything else that you were doing back at the beginning that you know directly brought clients into your business?
1: Um, well, there were a few times in the early days of my business when I was eager to bring in clients as my schedule was a little bit quiet. Um, in those times, I did find it quite useful to go to service websites where people were pitching their design projects and, and put forward my business as a potential partner for them to achieve those goals. So specifically, I'm talking websites such as serviceseeking.com.au and freelancer.com. I did find that really useful in those early days. I haven't done that in quite a long time. I suppose I was using that strategy while the referrals were picking up and probably while my Instagram following was building, mm. but I did find it useful at a certain point during the business development for sure.
0: That's a really, really good idea and I suppose particularly for designers and other creatives and anyone really who, who has a service like social media or anything like that um, to seek out jobs on those websites as oh. well.
1: Yeah, I think back in those early days where you've got to hustle a little bit harder while people haven't heard of you yet and you haven't had as much opportunity to get your name out there, you know, I, I've seen, you know, I think that could be a great strategy. I've I've got some friends who during that period have gone back to um, working in a cafe part time or, you know, just getting some part time work to sort of pay the bills while their business was building. Um, for me, I always knew that I had the drive to make it work and I wanted to sh- make sure that I was working within the design industry. Um, but, you know, I had to put in that hustle as well in a different way. So I just sort of go out there and, and yeah, actively look for clients. And and I thought, I, I, yeah, I found it to be a great sort of approach.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. And it's a really great point to make as well that, you know, it's – it's really good to be out there actively looking for people rather than sort of necessarily, you know, just setting up a website and waiting for people to find you, which I think, you know, can be a bit of a misconception about starting a business when you're just getting started. I, I definitely got caught in that belief. Um, and I know that a lot of people, a lot of clients also do. So, you know, just making sure that you're really proactive and thinking of different ways to find people who might be a good fit for your business. Um, it's a really, really great strategy.
1: Yeah, I had. I'd actually completely forgotten that I did that, Haley, until you asked that question. So it was, a, it was a brilliant one. It just, as, as you were asking it, it came back to mind, and I thought, oh yeah, I forgot about that hustle. <laughs> Don't want to remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those days, those <laughs> days. I'll put them in the past. But it is, it is good to stay connected to it. You know, stay connected to the journey. There's so many things we encounter um, as startups uh, and as entrepreneurs about these these miraculous success stories about people that you know earn you know, six figures in their first year or their first six months. And it can be a little daunting wondering what the secret is and, and, and sending yourself crazy, wondering what they've done that you haven't. And I think it's important to put it out there that for most people, there is a healthy dose of hustle that goes into those early years and it doesn't just all fall on your plate and happen miraculously.
0: Oh yeah. I am so glad you mentioned that because honestly, like, I feel like that is what this whole podcast is all about like I really just want to be able to help people understand that there really is no secret like the secret is working very smart and sometimes at the beginning particularly for the people who do you know maybe get started really fast for some people it is kind of maybe just a bit of luck or they they come across the right opportunities and that will make it a really easy start for them but also for a lot of people who do have a lot of success early on it's just a lot of work that they've put in and they've been really proactive about getting in front of the right people so yeah, yeah, 100%. There's no specific secret and it's going to be unique to everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think if you maintain the confidence in yourself and your ability and, you know, the skill that you're trying to share with the world, if you try and maintain confidence in that early on, then you, you need not see these, these you know, hustle steps as something to be ashamed of or embarrassed about because you're really just trying to, to get the people that need to find you to find you. Um, it's, it's not that your, your skill is not um, amazing, you know. I think we need to stay connected to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to move on to the topic of branding now, Danny, and specifically about your brand, Neverland Studio. How did the Neverland brand come to be, and how much of a role do you believe your brand identity has had in your business success?
1: Yeah, well, Haley, being a graphic designer, I obviously strongly believe in the power of jaw-dropping branding. Um, quality branding is really key to establishing a unique presence in the market, attracting loyal customers, communicating your values, and confirming your credibility. So I've always tried to tell a really captivating and cohesive brand story through my website and socials and to allow my individual vibe to shine through. Um, And I, I genuinely believe that that helped me connect with clients back in the early days and still does to this day. It really helps people to decide if you're the service partner for them when you're you know, putting your story and your authentic self out on the table and um, really allowing, yeah, your story and style to shine through. Um, And Neverland Studio itself, the idea for that business name um, in particular um, came from, I mean, the word Neverland obviously came from the tale of Peter Pan and in that original story, it actually is is used as a euphemism for one's imagination. Um, And they go on to say that, you know, everyone's Neverland is different. Um, You know, it it varies from person to person. And I really liked that concept because, you know, what we're trying to do with, through, you know, quality branding is really tell your unique story um, and really bring your unique vision and imagination to life. So that's why I went with that business name and it's definitely played a, you know, a big role in attracting clients to my business just having a really strong and clear case of brand identity right from the start.
0: I love that because I think, you know, having a brand story, I love how much you talk about, you know, story and storytelling um, because storytelling and having a, a brand story really is something that sets, you know, most businesses apart from, from others. So having that kind of real cohesive brand and something that, kind of makes you stand out from the crowd. It it makes a lot of sense, I guess also as a designer that that's something that you implemented like in your business from the early days. Danny, as a designer, I'd love to hear from you about having how having a defined visual brand identity can help a business grow. So for those of us listening who aren't clear around what a brand identity is, would you first tell us what exactly it is and then maybe like why it's so important?
1: Sure thing. Well, branding really refers to all of the ways that you establish a unique presence in the market and tell your unique brand story. So, you know, your, um, Design assets are a big part of your brand identity. So there we're talking your logo, your colours, your fonts, your style guide, etc. Also, um, assets such as you know quality photography really help tell your brand story, and it comes right down to your copywriting, the kind of language you choose to, to use, even the social media platforms that you choose to operate on. It's any way that you're really communicating your unique personality to your client base and those who are interacting with your business. Um, So it's super important to establish a really strong brand presence because branding plays a big role in getting people to know, like, and trust you. And these are the three things really affect people's purchasing decisions. So when you're telling a really unique story um, and you're telling your story consistently and cohesively, people really get to know you. um, Then they start to like you. And by telling it consistently, they really start to trust you. So it's really important to establish a killer brand identity because it helps basically create a shortcut in people's minds when they, when it comes to making purchasing decisions. So people usually buy from a point of they want to know, like and trust you. And quality branding helps establish those three things.
0: I love that. So brand identity helps to reinforce like the overall kind of brand personality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the place that everyone should start when they're looking to create a really effective visual identity is with sort of delving into their the heart of their brand vibe and their brand personality yeah. and figuring out what makes them unique. You know, what is their unique story? And that is actually the story that we then want to tell through your brand assets. We want your logo, your colors, your fonts, et cetera, all to tell that unique brand story.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's funny, like, so when, back when I um, first started out in my corporate career, just to tell you a little story, I, um, I worked in brand identity and my, my job was to be like the brand guardian for the business that I worked for. And they had a really, oh, really amazing. strong brand like they were a market leader and so it was an amazing place to learn about branding and the way that I kind of even today think about branding is that they're kind of like four buckets that make up an overall brand and I think that there's a lot of people who kind of tend to get really confused about what branding is and they kind of just see branding itself as design only but branding itself is is much bigger isn't it it's like a a big identity where it's talking about not just the look but also the feel and how a brand thinks and and also how it speaks so like the tone of voice and that kind of thing and I think that being really clear as you said on the story and the core of what a brand really is all about so the message and everything that really helps into creating a really powerful and effective visual brand as well
1: yeah, you're right. You're right there, Haley. That that's that's why it's such an important first step to define your brand vibe and brand personality. Because then all of the all of the different tools that you're using, whether it's your language, your photography, your logo, all of those should be. You should be coming back. Like every time you establish a new brand asset, you should be coming back to that brand story and saying, Does this help me tell that story? Does it tell that story in a captivating way, in a cohesive way? Um, and then you know that's how that's how you establish a really. a a really strong brand in the market and people really start to engage with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think anyone can see usually like on Instagram, for example, people who have that really strong and consistent looking brand and sounding brand, Um, you know, they tend to do really well because people do start to understand what to expect from them and, and we like to be able to feel like that, like we like to be able to identify with like the personality of a brand and understand, you know, how they're going to show up in the world because it makes us feel that sort of sense of connection and familiarity.
1: Totally. And I think that when we were talking earlier about referrals and how important referrals are in growing your business. I think having a really, quali- um, really quality and con- consistent brand image out there in the world really helps people feel comfortable to refer you to other people. It helps helps them um, feel comfortable in that recommendation because you know they've had a great experience with you and they can see that the story you're telling and the service you're providing is really consistent um, because your branding is really consistent and the image you're putting out there on your socials, your website, etc., is all really consistent. So they know that the person they refer you to will also get that consistent experience
0: what kind of things would you or what advice would you give to business owners who are looking to seek out a graphic designer to help them with their visual brand like if a designer which I guess most designers kind of help a client to refine some of that information anyway what kind of things would you help a client with before you actually jump into designing the identity
1: Sure. Well, I think it's good to do the work firstly behind the scenes yourself to really um, think about you know what is your brand vibe? What is your brand personality? So that you have a good solid understanding before you connect with a designer. However, they really should help you draw that out further. And they should certainly help you translate that vibe into a visual, visual language um, by way of perhaps they'll start with a mood board to check that the vibe is exactly, you know, you feel confident that that matches your brand story. Um, And from there, you know, drawing that out into brand assets. So making sure that vibe is communicated in through your logo, colours, fonts, etc. Or if you're working with a photographer, then it'll be that photographer's goal to translate that into a beautiful image. Um, Yeah, so I think that you know do do the work um, to think about, to really get to know your brand and and think about what is at the heart of it. But then what you're really asking in connecting with a designer is you know, for them to take that information and translate it visually. And I think it's really important to allow that process to take place as well and and, and not uh, micromanage the process too much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. So, Danny, you recently started a new venture, which is called the Brand Bazaar, which looks amazing by the way
1: Ah, thank you so much
0: (laughs) very very incredible I love it Um, so I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about where the inspiration for the brand bazaar came from and what you've seen or what you feel the benefits of flipping the branding process on its head are so to speak which is what you what the whole I guess premise of the brand bazaar is
1: yeah, definitely. Um, so there are so many things that inspired me to start the brand bazaar. The biggie was that these days it's so easy to start a business, and you can do that mostly on your own. You know, you can register a business name, buy a custom domain, build a site on Squarespace, and get the word out via social media. Um, and quality branding is really the final frontier mm. for a lot of businesses, especially solopreneurs. Um, it's the only step in the process where you really need to hire hire an external contractor, um, a designer. So like I totally believe in the potential of quality branding and the magic um, that can result with working one-on-one with an awesome designer to create a totally custom brand identity. Mm -hmm. But my research has also taught me that some people are actually quite intimidated by the idea of working with a designer They don't trust their ability to find a good one that's available or to prepare a creative brief for that designer, manage the design process, etc. And they're a bit scared of the cost blowing out and being stuck with an outcome they're less than in love with. So um, I also know that some people don't have the budget to work one-on-one in that startup phase when they're testing out an idea. And finally, sometimes they don't have the time to wait um, when they're wanting to get an idea to market quickly. Mm. So... A custom design project um, can take a bit more of a budget and that pre-scheduling and, you know, know, more time. So I had all that knowledge that I was sitting with. And at the same time, I had a whole lot of clients that I wanted to help create a stunning brand image but was too busy to serve. And I had a library of unrealized branding concepts that were created during the early draft stage of other projects that were just sitting there on my hard drive. And so to me, the Brand Bazaar really seemed like the perfect solution to all of those problems, and so I really had to start it.
0: Amazing. Wow, that's a really, (laughs) really cool, like, story. I didn't realize that that was how it actually started, like, from having, you know, all of these unrealized projects, and it just makes so much sense. It's amazing because what really comes across to me very clearly in your work on the Brand Bazaar is that each concept really is tailored towards a specific style of person so you can really clearly see you know, when you jump on and have a look at the designs that, oh, yeah, this one would work beautifully for, you know, a, a spiritual healer who really loves, you know, geometric shapes and and that kind of mm. thing. And this one would suit someone who might be a blogger who is a little bit more into editorial style and and that real kind of crisp magazine feel like you, re- it really comes across in each design. So that's really, really cool to hear.
1: Oh, thanks, Hayley. Yeah, I really I thought it would I thought it would just be a great um a great new experience to be able to you know flip through a library of designer logos find your perfect match and sort of have it tailored within a shorter time frame you know 10 business days and um have everything sorted and really be able to get your idea to market and I just thought it would suit that startup community so well and and help serve all those problems so I'm I'm stoked that you you know you're loving the concepts and and um, picking up what I'm putting down, I guess, on the site.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And 10 business days, like, that really is amazing. And I can really see how that could be so helpful to, um, you know, so many people who are starting a new project and, you know, maybe working on the fly or just haven't, like, had the time yet to sort of sit down and think about what they would want to do for or what they would want to pull together for a creative brief. So it makes a lot of sense. And I really love how the whole concept for the brand Bazaar has come from a lot of, you know, insight and research from working with other clients and understanding a need that people obviously have. So it makes a lot of sense that, you know, new business owners definitely might not have the budget to... To work with a designer from scratch, they also may not have, you know, the timelines and also just that factor of being a little bit intimidated by, you know, starting to work with someone right at the beginning. It really does make a lot of sense to kind of flip the the process on its head and make it a lot easier for those people.
1: Yeah. I hope people enjoy it too. Just enjoy going to the marketplace and flipping through the concepts and find inspiration there and um, find a perfect match. So yeah, I hope yeah, so. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Guys, you should jump over and have a look. It really is amazing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Hayley. Pleasure. Um, so Danny, before we wrap up, I, I have one more question for you and I'm just really curious to know, like have there been any mistakes or, I use this term loosely because I think that, you know, all mistakes are basically just an opportunity to learn, you know, what wasn't right and what is right. But have there been any mistakes that you've learned from along the way in your business journey um, when it comes to marketing and, you know, attracting new clients?
1: Um, on the topic of marketing specifically, I think that, um, Maybe, you know, I could touch on that idea again of sending the print when I sent the print marketing right in the early days of my business and found out that didn't work for me. That was probably a waste of resources thinking back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't regret it because it's just shown me how it really taught me in those early days, actually, just how powerful um, doing quality work is and and putting in the effort to nurture relationships and build you know good friendships with clients um Mm -hmm. it just taught me I guess the value of a referral or how powerful that can be um in building building a client network um so you know that that was probably a mistake but also one I'm glad I made early on just to to teach me the flip side of it um yeah I, I guess in terms of marketing, no. There's lo- there's lots of things I've played with that did or didn't work, um, and I think it's just a journey more than um, more than a you know a mistake if, if it doesn't work and it's a it's a learning experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. I, I- couldn't agree more
1: with that. I'm still on that journey. I need your help, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me the ways of marketing. I need mean, your good job. <laughs> I'd say totally. I mean, my, I mean, when you come from a place of really loving what you do, loving the community you're involved with, you know, this this um, creative creative community and more specifically um female creative community is one that I just love to call myself a part of. I love to operate within. I love working with other inspired young women to produce, you know, bring their ideas to life um, and build build these amazing businesses um, for them. So, I mean, when you come from a place of passion and excitement, it's all – It's all fun and it's all a great journey. To um, yeah, I think it shows. I think it's marketing in itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was about to say exactly that. Like, it really is. It's everything is marketing. (laughs) Every every point of contact that you know people have with your business and you is marketing, and even down to the energy that you put out. I think so. It's a really good point to mention. definitely. Yeah,
1: I'm still trying to get a handle, a handle on um, Insta stories though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you do a pretty good job. <laughs> you do yeah, good job. thanks girl. <laughs> well, Danny, I've loved having you on the podcast and thank you so much for your time and for sharing your business journey with us today.
1: Oh, Hayley, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff and it's just been so nice to catch up with you.
0: Uh, amazing. So, for everyone listening in, you can find Danny over at www.neverlandstudio.com.au and www.thebrandbazaar.com. Uh, you can also find Danny over at Instagram at at Neverland Studio. And is there anywhere else that people can find you, Danny?
1: Um, I think that's it. Yeah, those are the big channels I use. Um, I feel the need to say the brand Bazaar is B A Z. A A R. Oh, what did I say? Sometimes people think no, no, no. You got it right. But sometimes oh. think it, people think it's the brand Bizarre. It's a, oh, it's a weird word that yeah. I've chosen there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bizarre is in the Grand Bazaar in Turkey. The grand
1: Bazaar. That's it. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to connect with your with your audience over there. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Amazing. Thanks, Danny.
0: <laughs> that's it for today's episode, friends. Thanks for listening in. For show notes and guest information visit hayleyrichardson.co forward slash podcast. If you loved today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks again for tuning into the Marketing with Hayley podcast. Keep bringing that creative business of yours to life and we'll see you in the next episode.